Welcome to episode 130, Parenting Without Shame. Welcome, I am your host, Claire Obeyed. Woman Awake is a soul-led journey of awakening through motherhood and womanhood. Woman Awake explores the soul-based, spirit-fueled, somatic and energetic journey of awakening, of consciousness. The power of an awakened woman lives in her life alignment, her inner attunement and her embodied transformation. This is not just my journey, but it is ours and together we seek to free our mind, feel our body, feed our soul and to hear our heart. As women, as mamas, we seek clarity, we embrace the truth, we dive into the discomfort of our shadows, we honour our healing and we be fully with our humanness whilst also being in our divinity too. Hello beautiful ones, welcome back to the Woman Awake podcast. Firstly, apologise to all of my dedicated listeners. There was no podcast episode up last week because I was away doing beautiful work in the world up in the Noosa hinterland supporting the incredible Lorraine Murphy with her retreat. I was gifted the opportunity a second time to run what she calls the Miracle Mornings, which is full of yoga and breathwork and meditation, cacao ceremonies and so much healing. It was really, really beautiful. And I've just been slowly landing and grounding since then, coming back into my family life. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to Firstly, just acknowledge that it's the 24th of October as I record this, somewhere at the pointy end of the year, we're getting there. And a lot of my clients are feeling really full to the brim and a little bit exhausted. So if you're feeling that way too, I just want to say I see you and to invite you to take as much rest and stillness as you possibly can. The second little reminder is that the Elemental Womb, both available for virtual attendance and in-person attendance, begins on November the 6th. We've got plenty of spaces left for the in-person attendance here on the Central Coast. This is a six-week journey. It is an immersive experience where we dive each week into one of the different wombs. There are six of them, moving from the physical all the way through to the cosmic womb. And we're also incorporating an elemental experience there, so accessing earth, water, air, fire, ether, and spirit. It is a powerful journey that incorporates Magdalene womb yoga, tantric experiences, kundalini practices, traditional yoga, energetic practices, energy medicine, Egyptian energy medicine, and so much more. The link is in my bio, and I invite you to join me for what may be one of my last offerings for the year before we wind down and welcome in 2023. I can't believe I just said that. Okay, so I am now going to take a moment and a deep breath before I dive into the conversation around shame. Okay, here we go. So I wasn't expecting to talk to you guys about shame, but when I sat down with my laptop last week, I realized shame is actually something that I talk about a lot in my private parenting journey, especially with my husband and other friends. And I realize it's something that is kind of a, a cornerstone or a pillar of uh, how I parent. And that is not to shame, but to do the exact opposite of that. So let me just dive in and share with you what I've been percolating on and what I would just love to bring to the forefront a little bit more. Of course, I'm not a pioneer in this conversation and I will be quoting Brene Brown a couple of times 
as I dive into this, but I'm just sharing my personal perspective and story as well. So when it comes to raising children and being the caretaker of two beautiful little humans, there is one thing among many that I believe that I must be and all of us must be so very mindful of. And this one thing can result in a lifetime of deep scarring. And of course, that's shame. And I'm not here ever, as you know me to be. I'm not here to ever lay judgment or blame. But I am here to speak on shame and how we, so many of us, perhaps unintentionally and often automatically shame our children. Because, of course, that was probably what was done to us. And why does it matter so much? Why does it matter that we're so mindful of shame? Well, I've spent the better part of the last 12 years mentoring and coaching women. And there is unfortunately a very common sad thread, and that is the shame that they carry and how that, like an insidious poison, has infiltrated into so many areas of their life. And it is so deep-rooted and so anchored in that they often don't notice it at first, but they come to me with questions about why they can't make X, Y, Z happen in their life or find love or have a meaningful career or stick something out or start that business they, they want to. And it comes down to the shame, the shame that first began at the hands of their par- parents and caretakers, perhaps shame that they carry through their genetic lineage, shame that is not and never was innate or part of their natural way of thinking and being. It's not. We're not naturally ashamed of ourselves. So let me explain this a little more. Brene Brown defines shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Something we've experienced, done or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. And Brene says she doesn't believe that shame is helpful or productive and I agree with that. Brene also unpacks that shame is the fear of being unworthy of love, connection and belonging and the absence of love and connection and belonging as a human being and that there is always suffering. So when your child does something quote-unquote wrong, such as spilling milk by accident, thinking of really little children at the moment, there is something that happens when we go to address that behavior versus addressing the child. And I'm going to break it down here. So the first example of addressing the behavior would look like this. Oh, you spilled the milk. Oh, that's okay. Not a problem. How do you think that we could clean that up together? And the way that we speak to and handle that situation, how we react to it can really shape how that child receives an idea of making a mistake, not being a problem. But the second, and unfortunately, one of the more common approaches goes like this. And I say this having experienced my own reaction to spilling milk, just like this. You spilt the milk again. Why do you always do that? Why can't you just pour it properly? Oh, you shouldn't have done that. You always do this. So in the first example, of course, your child is learning that mistakes happen. Mistakes aren't a problem. And there is always a way through to repair the situation. And that they are not a problem. That the problem simply is that there's milk spilt and we need to clean it up. The second example teaches that the child is the problem, that the child is wrong and everything that they do is wrong, that they should be ashamed of themselves and the child feels that they are not good enough. Therefore, they're not good enough for love and connection and belonging in that moment because they can't do anything properly. 
So let me reiterate, and it makes me uncomfortable. If you do this or have done this, just like I have myself, because I'm not perfect and I've slipped into patterns, it's likely because it's happened to you too. It's likely that the latter approach, of course, the example of spilt milk is just one example of many, but this likely happened to you when you were maybe too slow to get ready for school or when you broke something or when you didn't tidy up your room or when you didn't do the right thing in your job or when you handed in something incorrectly to your teacher. So if it happened to you, it happened enough for it to become your language and your way of viewing the world, your lens. And of course, it filters out from being late to school and spilling milk or handing in the wrong homework to starting a relationship that's meaningful, to holding a great career, to starting a business, to doing scary things that are risky, to managing challenges that come up in your life. So the positive thing is that if it did happen to you, and it happened enough for that to become your language and your way of viewing and being in the world, that means it can also be rewired and reprogrammed. That means it can also be something that you can gently heal and return back to your whole natural innate self, which is not one that carries and lives by shame. So one of my biggest triggers in parenting alongside my husband is when he unintentionally reverts to using shame to address an issue with our child. And I do the same. I've done the same many times, which is why I'm so aware of it. And it is a huge trigger for me. It's a huge trigger when I do it, and it's a huge trigger when he does it or anybody else in my world. It really actually hurts my heart, and it hurts the part of me, the young child within me, the inner child, that was also shamed many times. And it hurts even more when I've been absent-minded and slipped into that pattern and done it, and I've caught myself in the past saying, why do you always do that? It's really annoying when you do that. You always get like this. My throat contracts as I'm saying that, and it hurts to admit that. It hurts because, like I said, I've coached thousands of women, adults, grown women, grandmothers, who at the core of their own emotional blocks and wounds is shame. They're ashamed to stand in their truth, to use their voice, to go after their dreams, to feel worthy enough of love, to feel worthy enough of connection and belonging. The list of ways that shaming our children affects their future self is long and painful. Shame is not love. Shame is when we lead with fear and frustration and resentment. Shame is self-centered. Shame is insidious. Shame is detrimental. When we lead, guide, and teach our children with love, we inevitably ensure the lessons we really want them to harness and fully integrate become embodied The capacity to learn is best supported through love, not through shame and judgment. We all know this. I'm not saying anything to you that you don't already know, but we need to be reminded, and it's in that reminder that we do that reprogramming work for ourselves. If we can heal the parts of ourselves that still carry and live by and run into automatic pilot of shame, then we will not perpetuate that with our children. Maybe it occasionally comes up, but it's not a daily occurrence. We want our children to grow into responsible, capable, focused, motivated, disciplined, joyful, willing, eager adults with a zest and passion for life, including all of its challenges. And my God, there are a lot of them. We want our children with a growth mentality and mindset who aren't afraid to do the work, who aren't afraid of mistakes and risks and problems. 
We want them equipped with resilience and gratitude and empathy. And if we want to equip them with resilience, empathy and gratitude, then we have to guide them with resilience, empathy and gratitude, not with shame and judgment. So focusing on the behavior versus the child is actually a game changer for me. Going back to that spilt milk example, focusing on the behavior versus the child being the problem or what happened versus the child being a problem. So I often say to my clients, to my friends, to myself, to my husband, if you're addressing something that your staff member has done, you would never say your work is really bad. In fact, you always produce really bad work and it's really annoying and I find it really frustrating that you do that and I'm quite annoyed at you and I don't understand, I've told you over and over and over again. If you were to say that, can you just imagine what beliefs and imprints and stories that that person is embodying and integrating and taking in and therefore will live by? What you probably would say if you were dealing with a staff member, for example, you'd probably go out of your way to say, hey, I'd love to have a chat with you about your work. I want to first thank you for X, Y, Z. You are most definitely growing in these areas and I really appreciate all the effort that you put into this project. It's inspiring to see you in that way. I'd love to chat with you about how we can accelerate your progress in these areas and mitigate some challenges I'm noticing or offer support where you are struggling or finding things really difficult. You would lead with positive and uplifting and supportive and boosting. You, I hope, would reframe what they are struggling with into an area of growth. There maybe would even be empathy. I know that there has been some really challenging times for you. And I can really see that some of these areas in your work are causing you some distress and some anxiety. And I want you to know that that's okay. Maybe you'd inject a story of your own. A story that shows that you're also human and have challenges too. Because if you were to shame your employee or your staff member, we all know that very soon that would lead them to perhaps leaving or disconnecting. They would lose heart and energy and motivation and focus. There'd be no drive or willingness and passion. You wouldn't have what you need from that working relationship. You wouldn't expect someone who was always receiving judgment and shame to grow into the staff member that you dream of that, or that that business requires. So why do we expect the same for our children? Why is it okay to shame our children? Why do we think that we're going to get the most compliant child if we scare them and fear them and shame them into that? Why do we think that we're going to create more resilience in our child by berating their spirit? Now, I feel to just add here that this is different what I'm talking about today is different to a child experiencing shame and being held accountable for a wrongdoing. A child that's experiencing a recognition of I did something wrong and I feel ashamed of that behavior. I'm actually speaking directly to being shamed. That guilty feeling of I did something bad is different to the shame of I am that bad thing. I am bad. Which then of course spirals into I'm not loved, I'm not connected, I'm not worthy. So when we are raising conscious, connected, heart-centered children who are going to be the antidote for so much of what is broken in our world today, 
Sorry, kids, a little bit of pressure. The antidote then to shame is empathy. It's conscious, connected, heart-centred. It's empathy. It's compassion. It's leading with that. Brene Brown says, shame cannot survive being spoken. And the antidote is empathy. She goes on to say that shame cannot survive being, being spoken and being met with empathy. So essentially that means is speak to the shame, speak to what's happening, speak to the problem, not the person, and speak to it with empathy. So in the times that I have used an approach with my child that perhaps is inciting and inviting in shame into their being, I will speak to it very quickly, and that is in the repair. I will often approach them and just say, you know, mummy said a few things before that would have made you feel really yucky, and I want you to know that I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry if I hurt you. I want you to know I don't really care about the spilt milk. The spilt milk's not the problem. There really wasn't a problem there. It's really easy to fix. But I can see how I spoke to you, maybe made you think that it was a really big problem and that you were the problem. But you're not. I was feeling really exhausted and overwhelmed and tired. And it's not okay that I spoke to you like that. And I'm really sorry. And I love you. And I'm going to do better. Because it's never okay for anybody to talk to you like that. And you know, both my children will often put their arms around me, rest their forehead on mine and say, it's okay, mommy. It's all good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry too. Especially my son. He just gets it. So the antidote is an open heart and empathy that is felt in every way and it's being with what's really there rather than placing blame and shame on our children they are not their behaviors they are not the things that they do or have done so I hope that you have found this little exploration this mini micro exploration into shame interesting and intriguing and maybe allows you to place the spotlight on yourself where do you still carry shame where do you perpetuate shame on others on your children on your family on your colleagues on your friends and I'm not here to judge I've explained many times already that I have slid into this pattern more than once but I really care about not leading and living and parenting with shame I really care about it Brené Brown's work is incredible. I highly recommend diving into that if you haven't. And she really supports you to understand the power of resilience and gratitude and empathy as ways to move through life from a different lens, different to shame, and how to create that growth mentality for yourself and for your family and your loved ones. And I'd also like you just to be open to the idea, I'm not planting this, but that perhaps 
some of the things that you struggle with starting in your life or maintaining or continuing. Maybe at the core of it is a sense of shame, a shame of yourself that prevents you from growing and expanding and transforming. And if that's the case, I invite you to do some gentle unpacking and healing work around shame. You know, beautiful practices like EFT, meditation, therapy, and a lot of the womb-based work that I do, because we carry, especially as women, we carry so much of that in our wombs. Some of it's ours, some of it's generational, some of it's collective. And just inviting ourselves to release and let go of the shame so that we can stand in our truth, which is our worthiness and our divine love and the belonging that is our right, that we can open up to connection. We can open up to a joyful, happy, focused, passionate life that's free of all the shame and the judgment. And by free, I mean that doesn't mean you're void of guilt or reflection on things that perhaps you didn't do right and that you want to repair. No, I'm not referring to that, but just the shame that stops you from being in your full, beautiful, bright self. So thank you for tuning in. I'm always here to hear back from you as to what landed and what you're reflecting on and just know that I deliver all of this with so much love and compassion and empathy we're all in this together growing and awakening and transforming so here's to parenting and living and sharing and being in this life free of shame and full up on love and empathy instead if you would like to join the elemental womb journey that begins on november 6 please follow the link in my bio and join us so that we can practice together thank you for listening to woman awake if you found this episode supportive please subscribe and leave a five-star review on itunes this is the best way to cheer me on and ensure that woman awake lands in the hearts and ears of those that need it most if you think of someone that needs this medicine please do me a favor and share this on you can find me over at clarabade.com slash podcast. Thank you for being a part of this journey of awakening.